But first, Representative Adam Kinzinger from the 16th District of Illinois is leaving office next month. The Republican congressman served for 12 years and was a staunch opponent of Donald Trump and Trumpism in his party, which he emphasized in his farewell speech. The once great party of Lincoln, Roosevelt and Reagan has turned its back on the ideals of liberty and self-governance. Instead, it has embraced lies and deceit. Kinzinger served on the January 6th committee, which held its final hearing on Monday. And joining us now is Lynn Sweet, Washington Bureau Chief for the Chicago Sun-Times, who interviewed Kinzinger on his way out. Hey, Lynn, welcome back to Reset. Well, thanks for having me. Hello. Take us back to when Kinzinger first entered Congress, Lynn. Who was he back then? He was a young, and he's still young. He was a member of the McLean County Board, who also was a military pilot. He was somebody who was fairly unknown in the Chicago area, even though his home uh, is on the outskirts. Uh, it's it's an ex-urban part of the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And he came in on a big wave of Republican votes and uh, power that year where we had a big turnover in the Illinois delegation. So he came in as somebody who wasn't really uh, having shoulders above any other freshman or any other Republican at the time. So in terms of committees and, and policy, what were some of his accomplishments? Well, if you talk about locally, one of the things that he has kept a, a big eye on is the uh, development and use and regulations dealing with nuclear power plants within his congressional district in Illinois. He also had been an outspoken advocate uh, for military issues, and he had an interest in uh, foreign relations, partly because in his military deployments he had served in uh, Afghanistan and other overseas postings. Yeah, and, and Lynn, he's also a pretty young guy. He's only 44. So why is he deciding to leave? So he is deciding to leave for an intersection of multiple reasons. The Democrats in Springfield remapped his district out of existence because Illinois had to lose a seat under the 2020 census. Now, it would have been logical to dissolve his district even if he had not been the higher profile Kinzinger that he is today for taking on Trumpism because his uh, district was closest to Chicago where there are Democratic voters and the map-making process tried to move as many Republicans and pack those central and southern Illinois districts with as many Republicans as possible. So that would have been an issue anyway. Mm -hmm. But then you go on to Kinzinger being one of 10 Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. Kinzinger is one of uh, two Republicans on the January 6th committee, and and he's outspoken opponent of conspiracy theories, lies, and election denialism. All that added together means he would have had a hard time running in a Republican primary. Illinois mapmakers threw him in a district with Congressman Darren LaHood. So on that very day when the map came out, Kinsinger, who had been thinking about that this could happen, announced that he would not seek another term. Yeah. Well, he served six terms. But I think he became best known in the back half of his career for, for pushing against Trump during his pregnancy, uh, presidency. Remind us how that first got started. Here's how the path started. Kinzinger was one of the lone voices on the Republican side to start speaking out 
when the QAnon movement started, when conspiracy theories started sprouting up. He did some very um, informative and sometimes clever uh, series of videos talking about how uh, insane some of these conspiracy theories were and uh, beseeching people to get good information and not to believe uh, some of the crazy stuff that was going on. So that led to a broader uh, case against Trumpism, the lies and denialism. It all came started coming to a head before the January 6th attack on the Capitol when he saw it coming. Not exactly, but pretty well. Mm-hmm. He saw that these uh, turbulent forces stirred up by President Trump were making their waves, making themselves heard. And even if our listeners remember, President Trump had put out a tweet urging everyone to come to January 6th, to Washington for January 6th. And uh, Kinzinger stepped up his criticisms. And then um, when January 6th happened, he was one of the few Republicans to vote to invoke the 25th Amendment, which would have sidelined the president. And then one thing led to another. He was one of uh, 10 Republicans to impeach the president. And unlike some Republicans who spoke out at the time against Trump, accusing him of stirring the uh, insurrection, uh, Kinzinger never backed down, as Liz Cheney never backed down. And then we pick up the story from where I was a few minutes ago. Uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger became the only two Republicans on the January 6th committee. Did he talk to you about his time on that committee and and what it was like working with Cheney? He likes Cheney. He thought she was an effective uh, voice. Uh, They get along. I even asked him if in the future he could see teaming up with her to do some speaking engagements Mm -hmm. because it would seem a real interesting program to have both of them talk about their lives, their experiences on the January 6th committee. You know, he didn't rule anything out. Uh, We don't know much about the post-Congress career path of Liz Cheney, just as Adam Kinzinger's post-Congress career path, he told me, is still a plan in the works. Mm -hmm. Well, the the January 6th committee just wrapped up its final hearing on Monday, as I mentioned. You asked Kinzinger what will happen to the documents and depositions. Here's what he said. Things that are, you know, not national security secrets, that kind of stuff. Otherwise, everything will be will be shown that we can because one of the things we're very conscious of and I'm very conscious of is you know, look, the uh, next guys are going to come in and they're going to try to take anything and twist it. So he refers there at the end to the new Republican majority that's going to take over the House in January. What do you think he means there, Lynn, when he says that the new guys will try to, quote, twist the committee's findings? Well, he had also a concern that uh, the information, and more of it is coming out on Wednesday, the day we're speaking, December 21st, He's since government sites host the documents, the depositions, the transcripts, that, that they might be taken down. What he is worried about is that the findings of the committee, which will, uh, the executive summary came out on Monday, uh, a book-length Uh, report will be out, I believe today, that the conclusions will be somehow, in his word, twisted, just as conspiracy theories take a nugget 
or a word or two and turn it into something it's not. That's what he was referring to in our interview. Do you know where the documents will be made publicly accessible? Uh, I right now the January sixth committee has a website. Uh, I believe that would be the first spot. There will be other. Uh, th- this this information will probably also be reposted uh, on multiple places. Okay. So anyone who's listening who's interested in your first stop would be the January sixth committee. Just Google it. And then the the reports and the underlying documents uh, should be pretty easy to find once they're out. And uh, yeah, this is the stuff of raw history, Sasha, which is why it's so important to have. Historians will study these transcripts for decades to come Absolutely. as to what happened. Uh, and I, I mentioned in my interview with Adam Kinsinger the reason is if I was seen it the right way, that a transcript that might not have as much meaning today may when more pieces are put together or more things happen will shed light on these events that took place that's why you need everything out there not only to make sense of what happened in the short term Mm -hmm. but for uh but for history to come you also spoke to kinzinger about kevin mccarthy who will likely be speaker of the house here's what he had to say there people that know better completely succumb to lies because the only thing that matters is power. He'll have a hellish speakership and he will absolutely take his life. So I know that's a little bit hard to hear, but he says McCarthy will have a hellish speakership and that he'll, quote, hate his life. Those are pretty strong words, Lynn. Well, he has a strong uh, case against Kevin McCarthy, who he has blamed consistently for bringing now former President Trump back to life when after condemning him following the January 6th attack, Kevin McCarthy went to Mar-a-Lago and then basically resuscitated him by meeting with him and being pictured with him, thereby giving him a stamp of approval. Adam Kinzinger has been very critical of him for doing this because that helped turn the tide and reinstated to a degree President Trump just when he needed some backing from top Republican leaders. What do you think Kinzinger's outspokenness did to his relationship with his colleagues, his Republican colleagues? See, he has told me that behind the scenes, people are, have been supportive of him. Now, when you talk about colleagues, people who really know him, I think understand what he's doing. If we talk about Republicans writ large, it's a little different because Republicans writ large nationally have condemned Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. It his standing politically, though, is something that uh, we, if, if we are discussing that, he, no one has gone to bat in a strong way for Adam Kinzinger in Illinois. Where he has had an advantage there, however, is that there's been no official big deal sanction or movement against him. And I suppose if, uh, if that is the biggest, yeah, if that's a plus, yeah. that's not saying much for Republicans in Illinois who include, when I say this, big donors, people who know and who would say privately and who I've talked to privately that Adam Kinzinger is not wrong in his analysis on President Trump because they've seen the hearings, they see what everyone sees, uh, yet they will not say anything public about President Trump, because yeah. but I, I suppose let's refocus it this way. The issue is President Trump. 
and the behavior that Adam Kinzinger is merely calling attention to. When you look at the evidence that the January 6th committee put forth, this isn't just one member of Congress saying it. This is yeah. the result of hundreds of interviews and multiple witnesses who appeared in public hearings. Well, as you mentioned, when you talk to the congressman about you know what he's thinking about next, it sounds like he's still in the planning stages there. But I'm thinking maybe a book could be on the horizon, Lynn, because I feel like anyone who worked during the Trump administration just has to have one. Well, he talked about that. Uh, he also talked about uh, doing something on television, uh, which would happen first because he acknowledges that his shelf life, to use an inelegant term, is highest when he leaves office. As time goes on, uh, you may not be uh, as valued as a commentator or analyst. So I think in the order of things, a book takes a long time. A book is he said if he wrote one, mm-hmm. he would want to talk about not just his life as a memoir, but also talk about what has happened to the Republican Party. We've been speaking with the Sun-Times Washington Bureau Chief Lynn Sweet. Lynn, thank you so much. Thank you, Sasha.